Welcome back, Grizz Nation, to The Long View. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. I'm recording this after the Grizzlies' sorted win over the Milwaukee Bucks. In case you haven't heard, a fire alarm went off at the end of the third quarter, and that fire alarm was triggered by a sprinkler that was in a non-public area. So after about an hour of waiting, the NBA decided to call the game. And the Grizzlies came away with a 87-77 to win after three quarters over the Milwaukee Bucks. Before we get into the nitty and gritty of this episode, first, if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribing to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, where you can find every single episode of GBB Live, the Core 4, the 3 and D Podcast, the Starting 5 Podcast, and the Long View. And you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. And make sure you are reading all of our written content over at grizzlybearblues.com or following us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. And secondly, in case you don't remember or you're a new listener or reader, the long view came from last year's Game Recap Styles where I... Did a recap of a game and had my takeaways be centered around how it all factors into the big picture scope of everything, the long view and sense, and just seeing how it can all translate down the road where the Grizzlies are wanting to achieve their North Star of going and bringing a championship to the city of Memphis and a championship parade on Beale Street and all that stuff. And I don't want to get away with that. There will be some long views that will be a game recap like this. There will be some that's kind of been how I've done all offseason where it just takes certain storylines and focus on the big picture aspect of them. Or I'll even collab with some other teams and we'll talk about each other's features. We'll see. But first, I did want to use this first preseason game to just get my feet wet with this and see what y'all think of it. And see how it flows. So without further ado, let's get started. And there's no better way to really kick this off than talking about John Morant. I mean, my God. He was unbelievable in this game. And just from the moment that tip-off happened, he was just in attack mode, really had his foot on the gas the entire time. And he was really looking for his shot and for some scoring opportunities. He hit a really nice in-rhythm pull-up three that translated into a converted and one. And just the mechanics and the confidence on his jump shot really stood out because that part of his game really wasn't there last season. And you could really tell he's been working in the lab and really focusing on his shooting form and making sure it's just a more fluid motion. And you saw that in, in game one. 
of the preseason slate. Even though he only converted on one of his four three on, on one of his four three point attempts, just the fluidity and confidence that he took them with was just a very encouraging thing to see. But his ability to get downhill, I mean, he really carved up the Milwaukee Bucks defense. We saw the audacity of John Moran on display very quickly when he about just erupted all over Splash Mountain, Brooke Lopez, for another collection of his missed poster dunks. But he did put on a dazzling dunk show in the third quarter. I mean, the, the runway was set for him. Brooke Lopez made the business decision. He got a fast break jam, and he had a reverse jam as well. He was just all over the place and really just able to get to his spots whenever he wanted. And even though he's not going to play the likes of George Hill or Justin Robinson, guys like that each and every night, it was just an encouraging sign to see him just out the gate, be aggressive, look for scoring opportunities, and really just take over the game and be the best player on the floor. Because for the Grizzlies to compete this season in the Western Conference, a conference that just stays loaded and I feel like it's been loaded since I started watching basketball in 2003 they're going to need John Morant to not only be aggressive as a passer but he needs to be aggressive as a scorer even though he's at his best finding opportunities for others we just saw how lethal he could be with the ball in his hands and getting scoring opportunities inside and so it's preseason obviously but if he maintains that steady aggression and just really takes over with that go-to scoring mentality and just decides to come for defenses next each and every night like he did in game one of preseason, I like his chances of hitting his goal becoming an all-star. I mean, but that that's all I'll say on that. I'm sure there'll be a lot of game recaps where Basically, we're touching on a little bit how awesome of a talent John Moran is, but there are some other areas of this game that I'd really like to focus on because everybody's been trying to decode what a rotation is going to look like. And Taylor Jenkins did say in pregame that he is going to tweak the rotation each and every game. You won't see the like the starters play all six games, so you'll. You'll see some different lineups. It'll probably make your head spin as you try to decode the rotation. But we got our first steps tonight, and there are a few things to take away from that. I mean, for one, let's start with Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton starting at the two and the three. The returns on that were good. They were really good, actually. Both players were aggressive, looking for their shots, attacking downhill, and really creating opportunities for themselves and for others. Uh, defensively, DeAnthony Melton was an absolute menace getting into passing lanes. Uh, he corralled three steals. And both players just really looked confident with the ball in their hands and just letting it fly from the outside. They combined for 24 points and six three-pointers on a total of 19 combined shots and 10 threes. Uh, Desmond Bain was 4'10 with 10 points. D'Anthony Melton was 5'9, 4'6 from three. 
with 14 points, three steals. And both players had three assists. And that that really showed, you know, what could potentially end up being the opening night's starting lineup because we, we know could probably Sharpie in at this point, John Morant, Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr. And Dylan Brooks would probably be in that once he's healthy. He was out due to some thigh soreness, I want to say, is that the report said. And they could have just started Kyle Anderson, but and we'll get to that in a minute. But they went with Desmond Bain and D'Anthony Melton. And if they go with a lineup with Jaw at the one, Dylan Brooks at the three, Jaron Jackson at the four, Steven Adams at the five, that spot at the two is going to be between D'Anthony Melton and Desmond Bain. And I think both of them showed a good comfort level and good chemistry alongside those three. And I don't think there's, there could be anything wrong with starting Desmond Bain or D'Anthony Melton. But from what I saw tonight, too, is regardless of who starts, I think whichever one of them come off the bench, I think they're going to be extremely comfortable in that go-to scoring kind of role. And they can really take on a lot more reps as an on-ball facilitator, as an on-ball creator. They had a lot of sets run for them off elevator screens and off triple handoffs. They really had a green light to go off and create, let it fly from three. And so no matter how the starting lineup looks, I think one of the biggest takeaways from that is they they might have found their sixth man through that. Uh, but D'Anthony De- Melton, he's more of your two-way havoc creator. And he's someone who can create from the perimeter, um, get going in a flurry when needed, but he's also going to provide that secondary playmaking for Tyus Jones. He's going to get into passing lanes, create fast break opportunities. And Desmond Bain is going to be more of the just a, more of a pure scoring bucket getting kind of thing. He still has a little bit of ways to go defensively, but I, I did kind of like the the steps that he took uh, tonight with his defensive aggression. But he's somebody who can take on some more go to scoring responsibilities, be run off elevator screens, uh, create more and dribble handoffs. I mean, I, I feel like his role in summer league with more on-ball reps might have prepared him for a moment like that. So just as we're watching over these next five games and seeing what kind of lineup combinations we're seeing, especially with those two, it's going to be very interesting because I think both of them do fit next to John Morant. Either one of them could be the two alongside Morant, Brooks, Jackson, and Adams. But I think the other one is that doesn't start. It could be in a really big spot where they can be relied on heavily to produce offense off the bench. And I think that could be a major growth opportunity for either one of those guys. So that's something I would watch. And two, uh, Kyle Anderson got a lot of minutes at the four. Taylor Jenkins was not shy at media day saying that he really liked what they saw from Kyle Anderson at the four last year. And I mean, the, the advanced stats back it up. I mean, I want to say in his uh, nineteen twenty season with the Grizzlies there was almost a 10 point swing between or excuse me a 12 point swing between his uh, splits at the three and splits at the four Um, at the three in the 1920 season he was uh, the Grizzlies got outscored by six points when he was at the six points per 100 possessions when he was at the three but 
at the four, they outscored their opponents by six points per 100 possessions. And that in this past season, at the four, the Grizzlies outscored their opponents by two and a half points per 100 possessions, while they got outscored by 2.2 points per 100 possessions with Anderson at the three. So tonight, we primarily saw Kyle Anderson at the four. He was sharing front court minutes with Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson, Steven Adams. So he, he got a lot of reps at the four, got a lot of chances to have the ball in his hands as well off the bench, serve as a secondary creator alongside Tyus Jones. Uh, that's going to have major rotation implications. I mean, that that is where he's at his best, and it's probably going to bring out some of the Grizzlies' best lineups. I know a lot of people, including myself, are intrigued by a Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr. pairing at the four and the five. So seeing like a full commitment to Kyle Anderson playing that four position, it's going to be very interesting for his production. But I think also, too, what was interesting about Kyle Anderson's transition over to the four is even though Dylan Brooks didn't play, they could have just gone, you know, Job, Boehner, Melton, Anderson, Jackson, Adams. That's about what they've gone that they went with last year. And they decided to roll with him off the bench. And, you know, they're tweaking these rotations and testing out these starting lineups. And at media day, Kyle Anderson said he had no problem starting or coming off the bench. And so if he's really bought into that bench role, and next thing you know, you have Tyus Jones, one of D'Anthony Melton and Desmond Bain off your bench. And then however you're going to roll the next front court, you have three to choose from between Kyle Anderson, who's really sharpied in, Xavier Tillman, and uh, Zaire Williams and Brandon Clark. I mean, that's a really solid bench. Like That's a really solid bench with a lot of two-way versatility. And it's going to be one of the best defense defenses among all second units. But one last thing before I let y'all go. I know a lot of people were tweeting about Brandon Clark why he didn't play. He was a healthy scratch. And, you know, Kyle Anderson being primarily at the four. And you're starting Jaron Jackson at the four next to Steven Adams. At least one rotation spot open for... Xavier Tillman or Brandon Clark, and tonight it was Xavier Tillman who got the nod over Brandon Clark. I wouldn't totally fret just yet because, I mean, just remember like four years ago or so, I want to say it was four years ago, I mean, it was reported that they thought they were going to cut Jarrell Martin, and then he ends up having a baller preseason and ends up staying on the team. So Brandon Clark could come out in one of these next five games and show why he needs to be in the rotation, and it's... All said and done. We never know. But his scratch from the rotation could be big down the road. I mean, where would it leave Clark standing in the organization? Like, is he someone that they may look to move quicker? Or is there a pathway to him in the rotation aside from injury? It's just, it'd be very interesting to see what happens if he can't crack the rotation on opening night. But... There's five preseason games, and Taylor Jenkins did say in pregame that he wants the rotation decision to be a challenge because that that's a compliment to their depth. That's a compliment to the talent that they have on this team, the level of talent on this team, and you're just hoping that there's a lot of tough decisions to come because 
that, that's a good sign. It means you have a lot of good basketball players. It means you have a lot of guys that are worthy of NBA minutes at this stage. And that's good. You're, you're three of the rebuild, and you're a team looking to compete for the playoffs. You want as many good basketball players as possible. But I digress. That's about all I have for this recap edition of The Long View. Make sure you're tweeting at me or filling out reviews or however you want to do this to give me feedback. If y'all want more of this, I'll keep it going. If it sucks, I'm all I'm all ears on constructive criticism to make it better. But I really want to appreciate y'all listening and make sure y'all are giving five-star reviews and subscribing to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network so you don't miss a single episode of GBB Live. Core 4 Podcast, the Starting 5 Podcast, 3 and D Podcast, and the Longview Podcast. Make sure you're reading all of our written content at grizzlybearblues.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. And that is it for Longview.